Hey guys, this is the Close to the Mark podcast, where a couple of wrestling buddies named Charles, that's me. I'm Corey. Talk about wrestling. Um, we're going to cover all the topics in professional wrestling each week, um, give uh, our opinions, but we're going to do it in the way that we like to do, uh, which is just two friends talking about professional wrestling, which I think is uh, uh, a, a pretty good way um, to kick things off. Um, so let's talk about one of the things that uh, has been on our minds this week, which is the superstar shakeup of the WWE. Um, probably the the biggest uh, you know move transition, if you will, uh, in terms of major talent uh, and superstars, uh, would be the arrival of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens as permanent fixtures as part of Monday Night Raw. Hired by uh, Stephanie McMahon in absence uh, after Kurt Angle told them uh, by by virtue of losing or, or actually drawing in a match for Real draw for a roster spot yep. uh, both a double countout in ring actually which is a rare occurrence on Monday Night Raw. This is what a participation trophy looks like they, nowadays. Yeah, they, they lost yeah. their spots, but this week they got them back. Uh, so Corey, what do you think, Sammy? I think. Sami Zayn's entrance walking to the room is primetime television and Raw's primetime. So Sami Zayn's got to be on there. His knee lifts are too good. The team's too good. It doesn't make sense why they're there at all. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it's wrestling. You know, it doesn't make a lot of things don't make sense. But I think it's, it's going to be fun. And I like Sami Zayn's entrance. I like Kale as a character because he's relatable to an average dude with his... Stomach, and I'm excited to see where it goes. I think it's crazy that they already pooped on uh, they already pooped on Kurt though. You remember how when they first talked to him and he was like, "You guys assaulted your boss," and I was like, "That's a good point." But then that they got on the show, they were kind of like, "Ha ha," <laughs> you know, "You're in trouble." <laughs> well, I think it's I think it's interesting because I think uh, Kevin Owens, you know, when he got initially called up as NXT champion yeah. uh, and showed up on Raw to challenge John Cena and yeah. win, win, crazy, uh, he always he always has felt like a superstar to me. He's always felt like one of the top guys, and I think he put in some time on SmackDown. Um, and I, I think I gotta stop you. He's never felt like a top guy. Like, you mean like Goldberg? How well, he comes to the ring and you're like, whoa, he had goosebumps at his entrance? No, because because they, they handled that pretty well by having Goldberg just absolutely murder Kevin Owens for the world title. Well, he got distracted by his previous best friend. That's true. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he got distracted. I forgot. That Jer- I, I completely <laughs> actually forgot that Jericho's music hit to start that match. You got to remember, I think Kale might have won. He might have you know? <laughs> caught Goldberg with the pop-up powerbomb. I just feel like he probably would have. But, uh, you know, I think, I think having those two guys guys together on SmackDown, I think they did have a chance to kind of um, to rise above a little bit. And that's, so WWE for better or worse has always considered Raw's the A show and Definitely. SmackDown the B show. Definitely. And SmackDown is where you send guys who have the potential to be top Raw talents to kind of grow into that role by being the top star of the B show. Um, and it's, you know, you get you get guys who they want to bring up into that role. Um, you can often tell, like, who's going to have it um, by watching where they fit into their place uh, in SmackDown. And I think, you know, talents, people talk about, you know, talents, which we'll get into later on the show, like Baron Corbin and Dolph Ziggler. Where do they fit in their place and, and how do they perform on SmackDown? 
tells you kind of a lot about what the future of their career would be on Monday Night Raw. The question, the question I had about that though, I've actually wanted this a long time. If if Raw is the A show, which it is, I think they have to have one. How far down the court on Raw until it would be a promotion going to SmackDown? If you just use a line, top to bottom, if you were third tier superstar mid Carter on Raw, but you're a notch below the world championship on SmackDown, are you in a higher position than just anybody on Raw? I don't think it works from the bottom, though, because bottom dudes are just the bottom. But like it applies mostly to to good old CN, uh, Andre Almas, and, and Zelina. Is if he's the NXT champion, was the NXT champion, goes to SmackDown, but then you got people that go to Raw that are not the same talent level, is Raw actually better because it's not the arrival of necessarily the best talent all the time? Well, and, and that's, you know, I mean, I think there's some truth to the fact that, you know, hey, the people who run the show, they are wrestling promoters and they have, they do in a lot of ways have a good idea and a good understanding of what's going to work on one show and what's going to work on another. Now, given enough time, I think uh, Andrade Cien Almas and Zelina Vega can be absolutely uh, fantastic nationwide television stars uh, on their program. You think they are? Uh, well, I don't think they're there yet, uh, but but I think, uh, you know, I mean, I, I certainly I think they have the talent. I think they have the capability. I think they give the performance. Um, I just think it ha- they haven't had enough exposure. Um, you know, NXT, um, you know, with the outstanding takeover matches he's had and everything, um, it's it certainly told you a lot about the potential the guy has. Selena Vega is awesome on the mic as well, does a great job of, uh, you know, Creating that despicable heels persona that they remember the NXT show we went to. Mm-hmm. We Grab the rope, <laughs> but <laughs> but, uh, but you know almost uh, almost you know he he he's been the star of a couple of takeover events since yeah. uh, since winning the title um, and uh, and I, I just feel like uh, you know being on 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 the USA Network is going to increase his profile a lot. Well, um, if his issue is exposure and that's it, there's no other issue. Why would you put him on the B show? Well, because, you know, when you introduce his character uh, to Raw, the Raw audience, I think, in a lot of ways is going to want to see this guy. uh, You know, either he needs to be capable of being a top level heel threat so that you can give him credible wins and make the fans want to see him get beaten. Mm -hmm. Or the fans are just going to want to see him get beaten right off the bat. They're going to see like, oh, there's this this, yeah. this arrogant Mexican guy and his obnoxious business partner slash maybe life partner. We don't quite know. They're never that clear about it. Hope and life partner. Yeah. Uh, if, if, lucky man. If, lucky if, man. If, 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 She's if, little though. Uh, well, yeah, but so was, uh, so was uh, AJ Lee and so was Alexa Bliss and I have no complaints about them either. The point, um, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, but um, that, that being said, um, you know, I think... He's going to remind a lot of people of Alberto Del Rio, for good or for bad. Don't um, say that name. And uh, Don't say that name, though. Uh, well, so he, he has the unfortunate uh, uh, positioning of being the next big-time wrestling-talented uh, Mexican championship-level performer to come after Del Rio. Is Kalisto still even a thing in Sin Cara? Uh, well... 
<clears throat> so, um, uh, you know, Callisto uh, is leading uh, Lince Dorado and, um, uh, uh, oh gosh. Um, I think that answer is enough. Well, so 205 Live, and I'm, I'm, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. drawing a blank. They're feuding with Itami and Tozawa right now. So they're in purgatory fighting neutral people. Uh, well, it's, uh, I mean, it's, they have good matches on 205 Live now. Best they do. But, uh, but uh, anyway. Um, I just want, I want to see CN get it done because he's got that very few dudes to me. Like, a, here's a great example. Elias, when he walks down, I don't hate him. I don't like him. He looks like a regular wrestler. But when he sings his song, then you hate him because his song is dumb and it's cheap heat typically, but it is what it is. And that's different. He just feels like you hate him without him talking. Right, but... but that's kind of what I, that's kind of where I was going is Elias is that guy that they identified as Raw's just the right fit for him. It's the show and it's the atmosphere of the show that is a good fit for his character and it's why when you bring him up to the main card that's his spot is is Raw and could he be successful on SmackDown? Um, I mean I think I think there's still some, you know, uh, some credibility to the idea that while there's some top, top talent on Raw, um, Raw's more of a show about talking and angles. Um, Raw sells pay-per-views, man. Yeah. Imagine, I, I, mean. I think, um, you know, if you want to impress people... Especially with them going back to one group, though. Yeah. You know, once they said no more split pay-per-views, which is crazy because they were still talking about split pay-per-views on just this last one. Well, um, they're saying backlash, Raw and SmackDown on the same one again. So you're for the second time ever. You're telling me that backlash is the only night of the year where Raw and SmackDown competitors go head to head. I'm telling you, Raw is the only night of the year on the day of backlash that Raw superstar, or Raw superstar, SmackDown superstars go head to head. Because once that night's done, well, then they do it again. Because I'm pretty sure every pay per view. Features that now. One of the 12 nights of the year where Ron's One going. of the 12 nights that they'll be on the same show. It's now he's going to have 12 days of Christmas. <laughs> Except for not. <laughs> Except for not. I mean, I don't know. I want to see. I don't like. I, uh, two pay reviews a month is too much. But I'm kind of let down at one. So I don't really know how I feel about it. But in any case, you know what the biggest travesty is? My man Chad Gable. Chad Gable. Well, My man Chad Gable, man. He's going he's gonna, to. He's the man. He's the best guy to use in the video games. He's never not done anything that you're like, that was sick. And he's always had range as the character, if you remember the ready, Willing Gable. Didn't really like it, but he always got it done. Now he's going to go flounder. So what's really interesting is, um, you know, you now have Chad Gable moving over to the Raw brand yep. where Jason Jordan lives. You so, don't think they'll do that. Uh, well, you know, interestingly enough, who is the general manager of Raw right now? Is oh, you talk about Jason Jordan's dad, uh, Kurt Angle, the oh. Olympic, <laughs> the Olympic medalist, Kurt Angle. He won with a broken neck. The All American American. Get the hell out of here! It's true. It's damn true. It is. And uh, and, and he, I gotta remind you, he did win a gold medal with a broken neck. Just in case you didn't know, he did actually win a gold medal 
Gold with a broken neck. I'm listening. <laughs> so, um, you know, a long time ago, there was a team that a lot of wrestling fans will remember very fondly uh, that consisted of uh, one Shelton Benjamin uh, as half of that tag team. Uh-huh. And, uh, and that tag team uh, was actually the protégés of Kurt Angle. Um, and, and it was Shelton Benjamin? Yes. Uh, it was Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas. The world's greatest tag team. Is that their name? That was their name. Uh, and uh, and they were actually, so they were essentially Kurt Angle, who was still an active professional wrestler, mm-hmm. was also their tag team coach. Oh. And helped build them up into a powerhouse amateur slash professional wrestling tag team. Did they win all the time? Um, well, they were very successful with Kurt Angle, uh, you know, supporting them. And, of course, Kurt Angle was very successful with the world's greatest tag team in his corner. Oh, so it was one of those, it was one of those shield kind of things. In a, in a sense, yes. Okay, okay. And, uh, and I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be entirely surprised, considering that, uh, that uh, Jason Jordan, not exactly the most beloved character by the fans of Raw... Uh, Chad Gable hasn't really gotten over as a baby face uh, on SmackDown. He's over. Um, I would I would not be surprised to see the two of them uh, recombine as a heel tag team, and I think that would be a strong position for them. Uh, I uh, I don't know. I want to see Chad Gable in singles matches for Universal Championships after the Greatest World. Well, okay, so what, what would you think then if, if they were actually that type of all-American team, uh, all-American amateur wrestling background guys, Jordan and Gable, as oh, yeah. a babyface tag team? What about that idea? On a, I, the idea's probably fine, and I don't mean to, I don't want to knock anybody for tag teams because they definitely have their place, but I think one of the worst things ever that you can do, something I'm not even excited about, is if you ever get grouped into a tag team that is known strictly for being a tag team. Because I think it it, it takes away your singles caliber, you know, your, your aura of a singles person because you're so attached to this other person. Like the best example is, could you ever, could you ever think the Usos will break up? And if they did, would it matter? When he got hurt, the dude was on main event. Winning matches. And if you did Chad Gable, Jason Jordan, Kurt Angle, literally amateur wrestlers, Chad Gable was in the Olympic tryouts. I think Jason Jordan might have been as well, but I'm not sure. Kurt Kurt Angle won a gold medal. He did. So you would... 1996. Hey, would actually create a tag team that inevitably is only known as a tag team, which hurts his stock if he ever wants to go singles, and that's what I want. Well, that, so that's how, that's how Vince McMahon builds tag teams, is, is almost with an eye to which member of the tag team can be launched out of the tag team breakup uh, with some Christian. momentum. Um, uh, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, mm-hmm. um, and you know, probably and hopefully, right now, uh, Bray Hardy and uh, I mean, Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy who get launched. Uh, well, I mean, I my hope is certainly that uh, I mean, Uh-oh. that Bray Wyatt has some type of new direction coming out of this, uh, 
It doesn't matter. Bray Wyatt could show up to Raw dressed as a backstreet boy, and it does not matter because all Bray Wyatt does is talk shit and catch L's. That's it. Okay? He talks, then he eats it out, and then he talks. Like we were saying earlier, Raw sells pay-per-views. He's the best guy to have on Raw because he's so good at talking. But once he shows on pay-per-view, all he's going to do is lose. He has, how many times has Bray Wyatt been on Squared Circle? How many times Bray Wyatt? We're talking about it beforehand. Everyone's like, Bray Wyatt needs to win this one. We can fix the entire character if he just won this one. Undertaker, he should have won that one. John Cena, should have won that one. Daniel Bryan, should have won that one. Uh, Randy Orton, why did he win that one? Every single time. And I've given up, I'm done. They can't repackage him unless he cuts off his dreads and he gets rid of his beard, which he'll look super weird at that point. But unless he does that, if he's involved, I'm assuming he's going to talk and then he's going to lose. And if there is no question to the result of it, what are we watching for? Bray well, Wyatt's ruined. You know those, you know the sleazy kind of white guys that like try to act and dress black and... They also, like, I mean, in their own minds, like, they're trying to put on this really hard guy persona, and it's an utter failure. Yeah, it's kind of cringy for everyone else looking at them. But somehow, like, they also have a pretty attractive black girlfriend. Mm, I know what? I, I get that. Okay. So, like, maybe Bray Wyatt could be repackaged with JoJo. Oh, they wouldn't dare. <laughs> I get that WWE is... A little more progressive recently, but that's too much too fast. That's 2000. What were we just talking about? We just had the first black guy win at WrestleMania I'm just ever. <laughs> and now we're going to take Bray Wyatt, cheat out his wife with this black girl. He's 19 or 20, something like that. If Bray Wyatt came out with JoJo and his good friend Kevin Federline. Oh, God. And they were all three dressed alike. I would, I would want to see him as lose. Their, as their WrestleMania entrance. I would want to see him lose. To anybody. You'd want to see him lose that match to Kurt Hawkins. Well, exactly. But I wouldn't even I wouldn't even want to see it with someone else. I do want to see him lose to Kurt Hawkins. But I have zero interest. In, I mean, think of a class of entrances. That's what freaks me out. Like when the New Day go against the Usos. We got day one-ish all hard and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we got bright colors and stuff. I'm like, this is a cartoon character. This is who framed Roger Rabbit. You know, it's weird. But when you... And I can get over that because the performance is good. But when you got... When you got Kevin Federline, JoJo, and Bray Wyatt with his chain on, I suppose. And then you have... And then you have Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns music hits. Brock Lesnar music and Seth Rollins music hits. I would be like, what's going on here? <laughs> what this is... We've hit rock bottom. But yeah. if Kurt Hawkins music hit, I would say, Kurt... Break the street, dude. <laughs> I don't know. I guess. I guess it's it's more to the point that I'm thinking, trying to think of ways of, of keep keeping Bray Wyatt long term employed. More that I'm thinking about getting him back into the main event picture because if he dodges that question, it would already been done. I'm 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 with you there. I think he's one of those people that it's like you know, um, you know, you you can kill a guy uh, over and over and over and over again and talk about what ideas you have for him now. And, uh, you know, they, they want to keep saying that the fans have short memories and that all that really matters is what's going on at the moment. 
Uh, it's not true. You can you can kill a guy stone dead, and, and we're actually going to talk about that as well a little bit later in the show. Um, I won't uh, I won't spill the beans on what that's going to be, but we'll come back to that. Um, so. 20 minutes in here, um, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we'll uh, throw in a little bit of music, and we'll come right back um, to talk about some of the other um, uh, people who got uh, mixed up in the uh, Superstar shakeup this week. Uh, here's, a, here's, a, here's a spoiler. We want to see Dolph Ziggler in the title picture. <laughs> okay, so we're back, and, and we're actually going to go through a little bit of just a, a rapid-fire round Talking about the remaining superstars uh, that are interest to us as far as the superstar shakeup goes. Um, so, uh, Corey, I guess to start things off, just um, you know, anybody uh, who showed up on Raw this week that uh, really stood out to you on Raw. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't quite, I don't quite care about anyone that much because I don't think anyone that groundbreaking showed up. But I think that. Bobby Roode, no business being there. Can't stand him. Zack Ryder is the most irrelevant thing that I think I've seen. My boy Chad Gable, I want to see him up there. Mike Knauss, I don't understand why they even announced it. Yeah, and I don't understand why uh, they they seem to have Mike Kanellis essentially as like a frozen character almost, where it's like. We're going to keep him performing because that's his job, but his character doesn't show up until Maria comes back. The problem with being attached to someone. So yeah. just don't pay any attention to what's going on with Mike Kanellis. He's do- he doesn't have a personality. He doesn't have a story. He's just here. And eventually when Maria Kanellis gets here as well, then it'll be like, uh, you know, okay, now we can proceed with yeah. an actual story. Yeah. So just to, just to shoot through the ones we haven't gone over yet and just... Quick take on him, and the longest take's gonna be attached to Mojo Raleigh, who's my man, because I don't get hyped, I stay hyped. But I don't understand when they call it Superstar Shake Up, I'm picturing, man, this gonna change the entire dynamic of the scene and these matches that they're gonna have and these new storylines they can pursue, and it's supposed to make a, you know, exciting TV with new possibilities. But Mojo Raleigh, I'm saying it now has been irrelevant on SmackDown. He's going to continue being irrelevant on Raw. So what's the point? Right along with uh, with Zack Ryder, who also got moved exactly. over to Raw. My boy and- Jinder's great. R-Truth I, is is on Raw SmackDown now, but I want to see him be the champion. But the tag teams of Raw are so weird, potentially bad. But my boy Ziggler's paired with McIntyre. You're going to see them win the championship. That's that's an interesting one because uh, a lot of people, you know, are saying that that, you know, with, with McIntyre's size and athleticism and Ziggler's, you know, sort of quick uh, acrobatic athleticism, that they remind a lot of people of the pairing of Shawn Michaels and Diesel. Oh, hell. Uh, or Shawn Michaels and Kevin Nash. But here's the part that everyone missed about Ziggler, and then we're going to move to SmackDown, people. But this is what everyone missed on Ziggler and McIntyre. People think Ziggler finally got a chance. So Ziggler and McIntyre's called up, right? McIntyre's NXT, Dolph, the gatekeeper Ziggler is WWE. I promise you, I very much promise you, I think they might have done it on purpose. The Authors of Pain and the Ziggler McIntyre is going to be the number one program from the available options you have for the tag team of Raw. And Dolph Ziggler is going to eat the pin from the Authors of Pain, which means even though 
They put Ziggler in this tag team. It's actually not a push. It's just a new avenue of gatekeeping and letting another NXT talent in. But I want to see my boy in the Universe Championship picture. You know, but that being said, let's talk about these uh, SmackDown new arrivals. And uh, what's your take on them, Charles? Uh, well, um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting uh, that uh, the Iconics uh, are, are now a part of uh, SmackDown. Um, as well as uh, Absolution, uh, Paige's old running buddies of uh, um, Mandy, uh, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Um, with Paige now as the SmackDown GM, we could get some pretty intriguing storylines, um, you know, where potentially where either uh, Paige is still supporting Absolution or she's in conflict with them. Um, you know, the Riot Squad... Uh, Leaving SmackDown, I, I think, kind of makes sense with the light of uh, of that crew coming over as well. Um, now, um, you know, there's there's some uh, call ups that have happened uh, pretty recently, um, uh, including um, you know Ember Moon arriving to Raw that I'm excited about. Um, we also have uh, that Mickey James Cell though. That Mickey James Cell on what's her what's her finisher called? The Eclipse. The Eclipse. Yeah, which is that a, is the sickest finisher ever, oh. and I am so excited to create my character in WWE 2K19. That's gonna do a, a rotating top rope stunner. No, it's this. Well, yes, but it's my signature and it's my finisher. <laughs> it might be my submission as well. Can just hold on at the end, but I think. It's very rare, very, very, very rare. I see a move, and the last one that was it, what's it called, the Canadian pile driver, or something like that, that do that whole flip loop around on the pile driver, and it's really weird to see where it came from. John Cena did it with somebody, and uh, Cesaro did it with Sami Zayn in that NXT show, mm -hmm. and that move was the last one. And I was like, whoa, how did they do that? How did I get hurt? Was that real? And they're definitely not getting up. And they always get up from it. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But this one here looks crazy and they don't get up from it. So I'm hyped up. That's, that, that's the part that, you know, at least is, is good is that they're protecting uh, that move. Um, you know, when she's hit it on, uh, on the, the current uh, NXT champion, Shayna Baszler, even Shayna hasn't gotten up from that. And yeah, no one should. No one um, ever should. Now, Sanity has also gotten the call up to SmackDown, uh, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, I've never been the biggest fan of Eric Young as an individual competitor, uh, but as part of Sanity uh, in NXT and in WWE, I have been a big fan. Um, now, um, let's... Uh, quick, 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 quick take, though. What do you think about Killian Dane and Nikki Cross being together in real life? What a weird fit. Yeah, that... that what a weird fit, man. I think I need to go rethink some things. Yeah. yeah. I, I've done something wrong. Yeah. Because I'm not... I feel like he's one. Maybe it's... <laughs> maybe I need to grow more body hair. I don't know if there's a way I, I can... I need to gain another 100 pounds. <laughs> but in all seriousness... So, uh... So, uh... <laughs> speaking of, uh... Speaking of big... Uh -huh. Um... We got... A certified G... And a bona fide stud... Well, no, we, no, we do not have a bona fide set, only right. certified G. Right, but uh, but he is seven foot tall. And you can't teach that. Big Cass returns to SmackDown and seems to set his sights on uh, shorty Daniel Bryan. 
I hope they ain't gonna take him though. Yeah, I read about it. Melcher's probably talking about it. He said they got cleared, him Dan Ryan cleared the same day. Yes. Dale Bryan, everyone was like, no way. Yes. No one said anything to Big Cass. And did you see when Big Cass, when he when he talked to Dale Bryan, he was like, So this what the fuss was about? I mean, I'm gonna say if if I were Big Cass in the real life storyline and they told me, oh, that's funny, you got cleared today? Daniel Bryan also got cleared today. I think I would personally understand that Daniel Bryan is the much bigger story. But uh, is Daniel Bryan ten foot tall? He is not. So what is Daniel Bryan that you can't have that you can't teach? Uh, well, let's we'll see how much Big Cass can learn <laughs> by having a wrestling program with Daniel Bryan. Um, uh, now we we did talk about uh, uh, Cien Almas uh, coming uh, coming to SmackDown. Yeah. Um, Jeff Hardy also came over to SmackDown. What a swerve. Brought the U.S. title with him. What a swerve. He gets, he's good. I think he's actually good. I don't know if he actually is or not. Because I always thought he was, when I was a kid, I was doing swan time bombs from everywhere, you know. And, but, he's went ahead and put on a good match of the gender. And he's just, he's actually, like, makes you care somehow. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm, I like him. I will say this about, about Jeff Hardy. <clears throat> you know, um, I think... One of the things people have talked about uh, as far as, um, you know, wrestlers who who make a name for themselves by almost uh, that type of style of, of being both a high flyer and somebody who uses their body as a weapon. Risk taker. Uh, RVD was always known as, as being somebody who really did that and wrestled that type of match, but he was never as good at exciting the crowd um, and... Just being quite frank, his matches were never quite up to that level of quality. And I think what Jeff Hardy brings is he's a guy that can pull out a four-star match of a surprising number of people. He's actually, I mean, it's really not a great surprise when you consider he's been doing it probably since he was 13 years old or younger. Yeah, he was a job at first, but I understand. But, uh, I mean, he's been wrestling at the WWE level since he was a teenager. I think he's had matches on te- television when he was even 16 years old. Oh, you know, Jeff is definitely a, a cut above um, quite a lot of other people when it comes to the ca- talent of match he can have. Um, he's also, you know, willing to do just about anything um, to to wake up the crowd and, and give them that moment. And Jeff Hardy is one of those guys who you will never deny that in any match, whether it's a WrestleMania match, a pay-per-view match, a, a Raw match, a SmackDown match, whatever, if he has an opportunity to create a moment in that match that fans will remember and we'll take do it live. He does that, and, yeah. and it's understandable why he's been so popular. Well, I have a quick question. I wonder if that has to do with, with this at all. I remember probably a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, there was this idea that Vince would punish people for doing things wrong outside of wrestling. Roman Reigns and Adderall, uh, just everybody. You get, you get in trouble outside of law. Enzo, that's a different talk for a different day, though. The man was innocent. All right. However... I want to know, with everything going on and all this stuff, Usos, one of the Usos, Us, DWI, wins the championship next day. Jeff Hardy, DWI, and a real one at that. If you take a look at that one, his blood alcohol out of his world. Like, he, he, they said he was driving against the guardrail for, like, a mile. He did $8,000, $5,000 damage to the guardrail, $8,000 damage to his car, if, if it, it uh, spun around and stopped in the middle of the road, which means he's hammered. Punishment is a championship for you, but you got to go to SmackDown with it. 
So I'm trying to figure out when did that shift, that breaking, getting arrested, no longer meant no push for you anymore. And actually, like, well, I guess any attention's positive attention. I don't know. On this I mean, I think it's always a case of of who the offender is and what the offense is. But Roman got in trouble, right? And and Randy Orton has famously gotten in trouble and immediately gotten out of trouble. So I think wow. you know it's it, it's a game of favoritism, and and it sometimes has to do. But I think part of it, honestly, in this case, is just that it's Jeff Hardy. Is he that big? When you, well, I think the I think he is a big star, and I think he's got the potential to earn a lot of money for WWE. But I think my point when I say it's Jeff Hardy is more that you signed this guy to a contract. If you didn't know that was coming with DWIs, that's, you're an idiot. That's fair. Yeah, so I mean, that's fair. reasonable. You keep that guy on television because if you take him off TV every time he gets a DWI, on TV. you sign him to a pointless contract. Let him lose, I guess. All right, yeah. fair enough. Um, the Miz, of course, is, was the, the big uh, pre-shake-up uh, shake-up where uh, Miz was actually told on Raw... That Daniel Bryan said, "Get over here and he's, <laughs> get these hands." <laughs> he said, "He said uh, we're gonna lay the smackdown on the Miz." Um, the Miz, the Miz is about to get torn up and buried. And uh, so they're actually they're not saving that program. They're starting that program next month. Uh, there's going to be a series of matches between Daniel Bryan and the Miz That's next dumb. month, which will hopefully culminate at least in some type of uh, big pay per view match. SummerSlam. Um, you know, the only thing that's a shame is uh, is I feel, honestly, like I would like to see The Miz get the Intercontinental Championship back um, because uh, both of those guys were Intercontinental Champions. Um, Miz is really close to breaking the record for longest time holding the Intercontinental Championship. Mm-hmm. I think it would be something special if the program that they worked was Daniel Bryan reclaiming the Intercontinental Championship, traditionally the championship held by the greatest technical wrestler in the company yeah. and taking it off of The Miz. And if he could do before it... Before he breaks the record? He could do it one day before he broke the record. Ooh. One day before he broke the record would be the best story you could tell. And then it would be Miz... Miz trying, trying to, get to get that back. belt back from Daniel Bryan. and fight, how can I mean, how can he? He's what the he's, Miz. He, he's going to keep. He's going to keep asking for the match. He's going to want that match every week. He'll say, I want another championship match. Daniel Bryan will say, sure, I'll kick you in the face and the chest and everywhere. I will kick you all over that ring one more time just because I don't like your face. He just keeps getting out. Absolutely. That's horrible. I love it. I I mean, how in the world do you you just can't give one man that many L's that's Uh, brought your company so many W's? You know what? If I were if I were booking that program or if I were Daniel Bryan working that program, I'd say have Daniel Bryan lose by disqualification one week. Have Daniel Bryan lose by count out one week. That's so petty though. I would I would I would make sure that Miz stayed in title contention so that I got to keep I'd give him Steel cage matches, TLC matches. I'd give him lots of different matches to make sure that I could smash his face in every single. What day. I'm going with is I'm 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 doing what you said, but then I'm going to have Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler, sorry, get tunnel vision. <laughs> I'm going to have thinking him, about somebody who just loses all the time. I was, I was. I'm going to have Dan Bryan lose the championship to someone else, not Miz. Have the Miz then go get it and break the record, give it up. Dolph Ziggler style. Oh, no. Leave it down, but, and say, you know what? I broke the record I was coming for. 
But now, Daniel, I'm coming to get your belt. Because Miz should be a world championship picture. I agree. Because that man needs to be there. It's just never a good way to put him up there. Because the, the ass tactics that he uses have proven not to work well against the A-listers. You know, but if you did something like that, give him his record. Have Daniel Bryan never take it back so he still has a reason to go get Daniel. Then go get Daniel. Okay. So, um, I think the the last... <clears throat> Last couple people for us really to mention. Um, mm-hmm. Bobby Lashley getting the call up uh, uh, back to WWE shows up on Monday Night Raw. He's supposed to be a big deal. Did not feel like <clears throat> it to me. Maybe it's because I don't know much about him. But well, uh, <laughs> I mean, if you're not familiar with the uh, the the resurrection of ECW uh, in WWE and the the um, the the attempt at making ECW a third brand as part of WWE. Um, you may not really remember uh, Bobby Lashley's initial run with WWE. He was a big star for TNA, uh, for for what that's worth. And I mean, if I'm if I'm being honest, um, I've never followed the TNA product all that much. I'm you know I'm familiar with their their talent and a lot of the bigger programs that happened, a lot of the matches and pay per views. I'm I just genuinely was never as much of a fan. I hear it's getting better. Does TNA even exist anymore? Technically, no. Uh, Impact exists. Uh, Anthem exists. Anthem. So okay. I don't know. It's I think it's officially called the Owl Wrestling Company or something like that now. Anyway, uh, but uh, I don't know. We it may be something that we give a look to. Um, we do like to check out all sorts of uh, um, you know the best professional wrestling from around the world, including New Japan. They go hard. Uh, WWE. Um, you know, and uh, and anything else, Ring of Honor or uh, we want to go to some of these indie shows. PWG, man. Yeah. It's bingo Hall Wrestling. Now, I know you're a fan. Um, so speaking of somebody who came up out of ROH um, and uh, and TNA as well. Um, CM Punk. Just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> just kidding. CM Punk is back, folks. Did you miss that? That was a... No. Um, this was actually a prediction that I made um, uh, as far as what I expected to happen in the Superstar Shake-Up. And uh, this Samoan guy named Joe is now a part of SmackDown. I saw that. I saw the Samoan named Joe as part of of SmackDown. When I saw Charles make that claim and I saw him, I said, golly, I knew Brock put the hurt on you, but I didn't think you stay bedridden that long looking like that. And then your tattoo went away too. And then I realized it was Samoa Joe. It's Samoa Joe. A Samoan named Joe as well. Samoa Samoa Joe, (laughs) now on SmackDown. Which is so ridiculous. So ridiculous. I can't even get started. It's so dumb. Vince must think we're idiots. He must. Because why do you bring... Give me a opinion, Charles. Why do you bring Samoa Joe? You have him talk all this nonsense to Roman Reigns. To be fair, true nonsense. 100% true. That's why Joe's the promo. Because he just puts a, a PG uh, mercy teetering with adult... What's the word for it? Euphemisms, essentially. Locked in there. To a, to a good promo, says the truth, not some nonsense, and but it was too true. He says all that, and then he's like, oh, well, now I'm on SmackDown, so I'm going to do this one-off match with you at Backlash, and then we're not going to touch each other anymore. Like, what's the point? He buried Roman Reigns just so Roman Reigns can beat him, I guess, but then he just beat a guy currently on the B-Show, which doesn't matter anymore, or if Samoa Joe beats him, which, well, let's be honest with each other, it's not going to happen, then, then what? 
Well, and and you know, so Nakamura is not is not moving off of SmackDown. So mm-hmm. um, I don't see a situation where you know Joe takes the belt off of Roman to SmackDown, mm-hmm. and and the the WWE title moves over to Raw. Um, you know, I, I I don't know. It's tough. I mean, I I'll admit, I think it's at least a possibility that it's one of those decisions that happened on the day, which. WWE is pretty notorious for. Yeah, Sometimes they just make calls on the fly, and it may be that he recorded the promo on Roman, or I mean, you know, mm. gave the promo on Roman, uh, and then the next day the situation changed and he was moved to SmackDown. Which means this was the thing we're done. But my biggest gripe with it, I'm not going to hold this up here, but so we got pretty much who knows anymore because Vince thinks it's funny to swerve people for the sake of swerving, not necessarily because it makes sense in the storyline. But let's assume Roman's getting the title at the Grays Royal Rumble, which is a fair assumption, what it seems. Although a lot of people have been saying that it's fair to assume Roman's going to get the title at SummerSlam, at Survivor Series, at the Royal Rumble, at WrestleMania. I mean, I get that, but this time, I don't know, it seems WrestleMania got me. None of the other ones really did. But to be fair, I did call you before the WrestleMania main event and said eight minutes, Brock squashes him. I got the time wrong. But I got the outcome right. In any case, Bob was laughing and joking, so I guess I don't care. Wait. But, so, assume Roman wins the title and um, Grays Royal Rumble. So, now it's a championship belt. But it only makes sense at that point that Small Joe's going to say, well, I'm fighting you for the championship belt. Absolutely. I'm going to bring both belts to SmackDown. Well, if that's the case, you think you're going to bring both belts to SmackDown? No, I think that's pretty unlikely. So, did we just find out who's winning already? Uh, well, I think the the... So one of the things that uh, that often comes up, uh, you know, amongst uh, well, we are admittedly uh, wrestling fans who are both males and both over the age of fourteen. Okay. So I think we fall into a category that Vince McMahon doesn't like very much, which is, is that uh, spending most money on his product. Yeah, the, the the you know the people who put in the most time getting him ratings, the people who put the most money into his network and yeah. his shop and. You know, uh, people, people with good incomes, disposable money, you yeah. know, that might decide they actually would like to own a title belt or yeah. something like that. Or people that buy a shirt every Call show. It a title belt. Sorry about that. It's a championship. I'm sorry. Forgiven. But, people uh, buy a shirt every show they go to just because. Yeah. And if they're sold out of one they want, they say, oh, hell, I just got to pick one now. And yeah, I, just, I need to have some kind of merch. I'm yeah. not, not leaving a W. And by the way, buy tickets to those shows when they come to town. Correct. Yeah. Uh, but the vocal males, I believe, is how they refer to us uh, because we have, uh, you know, the little uh, baso voices that can often be heard a little bit easier in a big arena uh, when we actually do decide to make noise for somebody. Um, So, you know, of course, we, we, you know, we might pick different people to cheer and boo than they would necessarily choose for us. Sometimes we live out here in Bizarro World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes people boo people that they usually cheer, and sometimes they cheer people they usually boo. It's just nuts. So, but, it's crazy. But that's the problem with Roman Reigns is, uh, you know, Roman Reigns uh, seems like he's been going for the last four years. Seems like yes. with Well, with this, this aura of inevitability that this is the guy, he is our chosen... Uh, our chosen star of the program. He, he's yep. going to be the the, the flag guy. the flag bearer, uh, and you know the 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 guy in all the photos and all the press interviews and, and everything uh, done with the, with the championship over his shoulder. The face of the company. The face of the company. That's and a that's a that's probably a segment for itself though. Let's take a quick break and get into that one because that's 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 a whole different issue. We'll call it the Roman Reigns problem. Okay. <laughs> 
Okay, so the Roman Reigns problem. Problem. Roman Reigns problem. Um, you know, I mean, just uh, you know, just from a longtime fan's perspective, and I guess to give a little bit of background uh, to the people who are listening to the podcast, um, I've been a professional wrestling fan since around uh, 1984. Um, going back to the the Flair Rhodes days um, in uh, in the NWA, even before Crockett Promotions. Um, have seen quite a few um, live shows over the years uh, from the NWA, Crockett, uh, you know, WCW, uh, of course, WWF and WWE. WrestleMania 20. WrestleMania 20. Um, I was there for that one. Uh, of course, uh, um, uh, that was uh, a, a big event uh, to, to see at Madison Square Garden that's now, you know, been, been tainted uh, by the fact that the guy who was uh was standing tall at the end of the night with the championship belt is uh somebody that people aren't too fond of anymore uh for for justifiable reasons um and and that'll kind of lead into our discussion uh Corey um has uh, only been following wrestling uh relatively recently when About did you three years four years I started watching the what got me hooked was my buddy in college showed me the pipe bomb with CM Punk so I got really fascinated by him I was like man this is crazy Went back and watched on Hulu like like a year of it, just not repeat though. It was just playing all the time, whether or not I was watching or not, I was just playing. But the first thing I ever watched live was the WrestleMania that Daniel Bryan won the Intercontinental Championship at. Then the next day he got rid of it. So I think that was four years now, I think. Is that four? Uh, well, I think uh, I think that was actually at WrestleMania 31, and so so three, three, three years. So about three years now. Since you, since you started watching live, and then about four years total. Yeah, I've watched four years worth of content, mm-hmm. but I've watched three years on a pay per view to pay per view, week to week basis. And I can tell you, for those of you who are listening and and think like you know, oh, this guy you know is is not gonna. Um, you know, be as qualified to talk wrestling. Like, this is the guy in the world that I most enjoy talking about wrestling with. Go through phases. I mean, to, to say that he's all in is an understatement. All uh, in. He's, he's been to WrestleMania as well. Orlando. Um, we've been to a number of live shows together, including uh, NXT and, and WWE live Quick events. Quick take, actually. Sorry. I don't mean to railroad, but I have to actually admit the worst thing. Now that Undertaker's back, and now that John Cena and Nikki Bella are no longer engaged, do I even have a WrestleMania moment from the WrestleMania I went to? That's my question. First, I was like, well, the show and the match weren't that great, but I got to see The Undertaker retire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Psych. Well, well I, so I would say like... I got the, to see John Cena get engaged. The one thing that both of us have is that we saw Goldberg versus Lesnar <laughs> at WrestleMania. And that's the common <laughs> bond that unites us as wrestling fans. Yeah, for life. From WrestleMania 20 to WrestleMania <laughs> 33, we, both, we, we, we got Goldberg-Lesnar at WrestleMania. <laughs> that's not going away. Fair enough. All right. So... Uh, I keep rolling. So, yeah. Uh, but, but Corey, absolutely, like I said, is, is you know, he's super... Uh, knowledgeable about the product, super into the product, um, you know, and and definitely, you know, we we uh, talk all the time about uh, pro wrestling and our thoughts, and uh, you know, we'll do our fantasy bookings and stuff, and and we'll go off on tangents at times. Uh, but it, I just have the most fun uh, talking about wrestling, and that was well, thank you, Charles. That was kind of like I feel great. What inspired us to the idea of doing a, a wrestling podcast together was just the fact that we knew. 
once we got started talking about this, that we'd be able to uh, to keep going. And I think even even we've been surprised at, at how kind of seamless and effortless it's been to just uh, jump into it as we usually do. Exactly. Uh, and just uh, for the sake of recording it and, and giving others an opportunity to chime in, uh, you know, give us your thoughts, your opinions, your fantasy bookings. Yeah, we love it. Anything love wrestling it. rating, anything wrestling related you got. The problem with being an adult... The problem with being an adult that contributes to society and has to work, you know, uh, long hours or anything like that is first, first, first thing first in that in that group. There's typically stigma on wrestling. The wrestling, so the wrestling you, fan stigma. You don't want to talk to people. Everyone thinks you're weird and it's actually bad for your professional career. <clears throat> Second, you know it's fake, right? What? Hold on, <laughs> wrestling's fake. <laughs> Holy shit! Blew my mind. But in any case. So, first things first is no one talk to about it because there's a huge stigma attached to it. So, the fact that if we can get anybody, you know, I don't really care about what you're doing, where you're from, if you're listening to it and you want to chime something in, it's our probably our hobby. Our, probably our number one hobby is to talk about wrestling. Absolutely. So, if we can talk to people that are knowledgeable, maybe just getting into it, that want opinions, or just anyone that's trying to have a discussion, hey, call in. We'll have you on here. And just, I'm... I'm sorry. I, I was just going to say I'm a big fan of, of of wrestling podcasts for that reason because because you do have you know it, it's 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 like a common bond. Man. It's like I think of it in terms of you know when I was a kid, uh, WWE used to sell these wrestling buddies. They were these uh, stuffed action figures. They were like uh, like. Uh, a my pet monster or a, or a my buddy type of thing, yeah. uh, but it was Hulk Hogan and Macho Man and Ted DiBiase, and you know you could throw the wrestling buddies around the room and body slam them on your bed and stuff like that. And I think even when I was a kid, uh, for a lot of kids who were big wrestling fans, if you didn't know that many other kids who were wrestling fans, it gave you a wrestling buddy. Yeah, and I've exactly. always I've always found in my life, you know, wrestling is the most fun when you have wrestling buddies that you can talk about it with and see it with. Um, it's only it's only sad if you don't. Right, it is. <laughs> you just it's, dwell on the negative stuff. So it, you know, so for that reason, listening to wrestling podcasts is sort of a way to feel connected to other wrestling fans exactly. and to follow along. You know what they're thinking about, what they're watching. Um, and there there's some great wrestling podcasts out there. The New Generation Project podcast, uh, the the Attitude Era podcast, uh, Old School Wrestling Reviews, Something to Wrestle. Uh, even I mean I would say even Botchamania to a certain extent uh, going in raw um, that's a good one too <laughs> yeah and uh, I'm a big fan of the lapsed fan although I think uh, I think sorry sorry chairman but uh, <laughs> six six seven hours can be a little bit too long to dedicate to one wrestling sure. show and of course wrestling is a radio wrestling is not have to be said but. we're both we're both subscribers and followers of uh, Dave Meltzer Brian Alvarez um, you know we're coming for the throne big Vinny V and and uh, filthy Tom Lawler send and granny into granny and Craig and everybody else over at uh, uh, Wrestling Observer World and uh, and Figure Four World. Right. Uh, so uh, so long story short, tune in weekly. We have a blast with you guys. We really looking forward to it. We you know hope if nothing else is fun for you. You know we got someone to talk to and uh, yeah. So let's get into this Roman Reigns problem. Well, yeah. Just just to say you know we want to we want to hear your thoughts, your opinions, yeah. and your ideas too. So uh, yeah. there is a an email address for you oh. to send in uh, messages to the podcast. Uh, which is close to the mark podcast at gmail.com. 
so you can send us your emails at close to the mark podcast at gmail. Um, and, and obviously, this is the first episode of the podcast, but we have plans to continue it um, as we uh, put a little bit more work into it. Uh, we'll establish the phone lines and the text lines that you can uh, reach out more ways. Um, yeah. Even try to get you on the show as a caller. Um, we'd love to have that happen too, and hear directly from you. Uh, but yeah, let's get into the problem with Roman Reigns. So uh, Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, the greatest Royal Rumble. Yeah. Uh, the biggest event in WWE history. WrestleMania 34 and a half. Exactly. And uh, and once again, we're discussing the coronation of Roman Reigns because it's Roman versus Brock in a steel cage for the Universal Championship. And uh, the question is, uh, win or lose for Roman Reigns, do you care? No. I don't care anymore. This is, this is, this is what Roman brought to me. Wrestling work awesome. Look awesome. Aura awesome. This man has everything you can have except for the most important piece, which is the creative team and the booking. And they are doing so much to bone him every chance they can get, it seems, on accident, because they think they're doing him good, and they just always drop the ball. So my most recent problem why I don't care is this. His promo on Monday, super awkward. Uh, I felt eyes on me no matter what. Sorry, two Mondays ago. I felt eyes on me. No one told me. Uh, he's Vince's boy. Blah, blah, blah. But I'm getting another I'm getting another title shot for no reason without earning it. Seems to me that you must be someone's boy. You did your rematch cause you lost. You get beat up along the way. There's plenty of people who deserve it more. You lose in... Gross fashion. They even even Corey Graves says, oh, Mercy says he's not wrestling today because he's still hurt. So they really emphasize how much he got beat down. Samoa Joe's come re-emphasizes it. And what's the punishment? Well, let's just give him another title match. Sounds to me like he's Vince's boy. Well, so and, what's the point? And I think you know. So people talk about that the idea that when wrestling is at its best, mm-hmm. because we all know. That it's it's choreographed and it's planned, and some of the matches are are. It's still real to me. <laughs> it's still real to me. Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! It's still real to me. Damn it! But uh, I think it's awesome. But and obviously, you know, uh, anybody who is a fan of wrestling knows that uh, you know the the risk of injury is real, yeah. and uh, the 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 toll it takes on you as a performer is real. A lot of the aspects of everything that are done are real, um, but when wrestling is at its best, it all seems real. The line is blurred. That, that's, that's when wrestling is at its best, is when it all seems real. And uh, no matter how ridiculous the circumstances were, there's always some guys that can make everything seem real. Uh, Samoa Joe? Stone Cold Steve Austin could make it seem real when he was hosing down his boss with a beer truck. You know, you felt like he actually brought this. In beer that truck. moment, he had to drive down to the ring with a beer truck because <laughs> this and is what hose down the Rock and Vince McMahon with beer. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. That's, it and, just felt real. And I, I think that's you know the the pipe bomb. What got Man. you into pro wrestling? That got me because I was like, I don't know if this dude's telling truth or not, but what he's saying, it if it is real. true, is still right. 
You know, that's what got me. It felt real. I was like, I showed it to people. I said, don't, I said, like when someone told me wrestling was fake, I wasn't like, watch mankind fall off this, watch a YouTube clip of mankind falling off this cage and being like, it's not fake. Look at this. They learned how to fall. Yeah. I said, watch what CM Punk says about Vince McMahon. They had to cut his mic off. From what I understand, that actually was a work at this point. However, that was so real to me. And that's, that's what I talked about. That's what you have to great. make it feel real. Yeah, and you can't remind them. <laughs> and you're never going to get a guy over as a baby face by having him come out and be part of the authority. Exactly. Triple H is not going to get over as a baby face by saying... I'm the world champion, and I'm married to the boss's daughter. I'm Vince McMahon's son-in-law. I'm part of the powers that be. Exactly. I run this show that I'm world champion exactly. of. Like, nobody's going to root for that guy. You're a heel no matter what, because you're just so much better off than the average person watching. So, the big problem, a lot of the problem is that WWE really has made themselves continuously the bad guy in storylines Going back to the days of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Have they ever not been the bad guys? Absolutely, absolutely. Because I've never seen it. So in the in the Hulk Hogan, the the what they refer to as the mania days of WWE uh, back then WWF, um, you know, the of course the Vince McMahon was not acknowledged uh, back then as the owner of the company and the guy calling all the shots. Wasn't he a commentator? He was a commentator, and you had uh, you had stand-ins uh, who would portray the president of the WWF who would make important decisions, and that might be uh, you know some jabroni named Jack Tunney, or it might be you know. Uh, former champion Gorilla Monsoon or Roddy Piper. That's not heel or face then. Well, a neutral character. Authority figures who are ostensibly faces because it's important to them that things are done by the rules and things should be right. And people who are deserving of title shots should get them and situations that are cloudy should be resolved in a manner that's fair to everyone. So in those respects, they're faces because as authority figures, they're not out to screw anybody. They just want, they want, okay, they want fair competition. They're, they're... They don't care who the winner is as long as the playing field was f- reasonable. Right? Okay, fair and, enough. And, they're not, and their job is not there to come out after every match and say, you know, hey, the heel used brass knuckles in this match. So they're not a babysitter. No. Their they're job is to make sure no one dies, but that's it. Well, it or, or that, you know, hey, if, 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 there were, uh, if, if it turns out the referee was crooked and he got his identical twin brother to come down to the ring and count the three count instead of him and thus screw the champion out of the belt, now maybe it's time for the president to step in and make a decision about what happens here. But, but ultimately, the authority figures were, were lawful good in the world of Dungeons All and Dragons. Right. Fair enough, fair and, enough. And in the world of uh, the Attitude Era, of course, uh, Vince McMahon... Uh, set himself up as the opposition. We made it over to chaotic evil. Mr. It was me all along. It was me, Austin. <laughs> I, I've sided. I've sided with this undead, blood sacrificing <laughs> wizard to steal my own daughter. And uh, yeah, and it seemed real. It did. It I did. saw them clips to a certain extent. It seemed. It seemed definitely like good lord. Uh, this Vince McMahon guy. He's really awful, and boy, he does not like this Stone Cold guy that's his champion. He wants to do anything it takes to get the belt off of him, 
And uh, and boy, Which I really we saw liked... with Roman too, though. Well, that Sheamus old man couldn't quit count. That was his issue. Yeah, the Sheamus Roman match when that after SummerSlam he said, "If you don't win, you're fired." And he was trying to do the quick count for Sheamus, but he was trying to do it fast. But his old shoulder was so stiff. He was like one, two, and he couldn't do it to threes. But, but I mean, yeah. but but the idea is really that that since that switch happened, that WWE is now the bad guy of its own product. Uh, and Vince McMahon is is the owner of the company, and uh, you know there was that period, the the Triple H uh, King of Kings era, where he was champion for it seemed like a hundred years as part of the authority and this heel dominant uh, faction that was part of the ownership group. You know, it established that like what these the guys that are anointed by the company as champions. And declare themselves to be both the best and having the support of the company, those are bad guys. Um, And so, obviously, you know, Roman can't come out and portray that he is that guy. They tried to let him be that guy? uh, Well, you know, but but he he would sooner tell you that uh, Brock Lesnar is the chosen uh, face and, and head of the company as champion. And not him, certainly. Yeah, I mean, he will tell you that, but it, it doesn't make sense. That's why the creative team lets him down. Because if actions speak louder than words, Brock Lesnar, nothing has happened with Brock Lesnar other than not showing up to Raw, but they never actually said for what reason, as if they're reminding us he has a contract, he should be there. They never said, I challenged him to a fight on Raw and he didn't show up. Never say anything like that. He doesn't show up to Raw, but everything else that ever happens to Brock Lesnar, there's nothing that yells, you're the good guy. They right. have your back. Never. And the other thing to me about Roman is is that, um, you know, consistently the angles that they have pushed uh, with Roman Reigns have never made me feel like this is, at the very least, a... A thing that is genuinely important to Roman Reigns that the outcome of this is real to exactly. Roman Reigns. Um, exactly. When he when he was set up to to fight the Undertaker and declare that this was now his yard, you know, you hear from from Joe Anoya, or I'm maybe pronouncing that incorrectly. Anoy. 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 Okay. Well, anyway. From the actual guy, (laughs) you hear how important a match against The Undertaker at WrestleMania like that was and how pivotal it was to wrestle The Undertaker's final match at WrestleMania, which it turned out not to be. Psych! Yeah, so maybe he knew something we didn't know. But, uh, But he doesn't do a good job of convincing me that it's real. That, like, this match that he's about to have... I I can't do that. I can't, I can't, Charles, what, the issue with that is, is mercy, it's not, they, they fall into the walking dead problem with, with Roman Reigns, and I think it's the same reason why everyone turned on the walking dead, is when a show's awesome, when a show is sweet, when you're personally connected, it's always the same idea, it's not, if they will, sur- it's, it's if they will survive, not how will they get out of it, in the beginning of walking dead, People were dying that you didn't expect to die. So everybody was like, anyone can be God. 
and it was a surprise and you were always on edge because you knew these guy might actually get killed. So when you had an encounter, it was tense and it was you were invested because there was a repercussion. Roman Reigns is the opposite now. It's not if he will win, it's how will he do it. And once you make it to how they'll do it is walking dead at the point when you know that I can kill these main characters. So it's, I'm in a terrible situation. How am I going to get out of it? They get out of it and then they move on to do it again in the same place. But it, that's, how, that's how WWE swerves you because they have him lose at WrestleMania against Brock, which you were so convinced he was going to win. I called you and said he was going to win. Okay, but what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, going back to uh, a Raw that we attended here in North Charleston hey. uh, a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. uh, where Roman Reigns declared that Sheamus had itty bitty little tater tots. I chanted tater tots. And uh, I did. I chanted loud. Oh man, so loud. I was so disgusted. By if tater -tots. no one else yelled it, it would have sounded really loud on TV still. Wow. I put everything into it. And, uh, <laughs> and, 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 you know, shortly before that, it was suffer and succotash, son. And I think, so, when they brought Roman out of the shield as mm -hmm. a singles competitor, and it was very clear that, like, Roman's going to break Kane's elimination record at the Rumble. Mm -hmm. Roman's going to do this. Roman's going to do that. Not if, how. Right? He wasn't genuine. Nope. And when they have realized with time and hindsight that the attempt they made to get Roman over as a singles megastar at the level of Cena and Hogan and Stone Cold and The Rock and all the guys who've come before, they decided they needed to make changes to his character to change how the fans perceive him. And so maybe he doesn't say tater tots or suffer and succotash anymore. Well, now we just say you got little balls. But I still, he, he says that <laughs> Brock Lesnar's a bitch. Exactly, yeah. Just, I wish Brock Lesnar died in the womb. Exactly, yeah. I mean, he's just, he's brutal. He just, they think cussing is the last thing. And I just don't feel like any of it's real. I don't feel like it's but becoming is that a, a Roman issue. My question is, you, it doesn't feel real to me because it's so obvious that he has to say it. Okay. He's been sent out there to say this, and he has to because at the end of the day, he works for him. So I think he's doing the best he can, but what they're giving him is failing him. Well, I'm going to ask you a I'm going to I'm going to ask you a question and give you a scenario. I'm listening. And so here's what I think. Mm -hmm. I think if I'm Roman Reigns, okay. and it's uh, it's the introduction of an episode of Monday Night Raw, okay. and they told me I've got a 20-minute segment to go out there oh, and talk, okay. and they've got a lot of stuff they have planned for me to say, okay. I'm capable of saying, okay, I gotcha, I'm going to go out and say those things. I can go out there to the ring right now and deliver a pipe bomb. I can go out there to the ring right now and say whatever I want to those fans, huh? and I can either win them over or I can turn them against me. But they're literally doing that as a storyline. That's what I'm saying. They he are. literally went out there and said, I was supposed to come out here and say this and this, and speaking the truth, I got to tell you all the truth. They literally did exactly what you're saying, and he said... Brock Lesnar's supposed to be here tonight, but he's not. Because the easiest thing that Roman Reigns could do to turn himself around would be to go out there 
and say, I'm absolutely sick of all of you guys spending the last four years not being, on me, not being on my side. You know how much work I've put into this company and entertaining all of you? How many beatings I've taken for all of you? How much I've done for all of you? Right. And you, you still, and every time I come out here, all I hear is booze everywhere? No one else would get it. Well, my question is, my question is this. At what point are you a heel and what point are you a face? I hate to, I don't want to like, I mean, it is what it is. But if, if Vince McMahon says you're going to be the face of the company, we're going to make you great. And everyone's going to cheer you and they're going to love you. You're going to be our face piece of the, of the company. But every time you go out, everyone boos you to hell. Who's to say you're not just a heel? I think Roman Reigns already a heel. Because the behind the scenes stuff at any place you work at ever is supposed to be behind the scenes stuff. The good guy, bad guy, mom, the good, good guy, bad guy idea is on TV. It's supposed to be the public part of it. So how everyone thinks you are, I think carries more weight than what they want you to be. I think that's where the real issue is, though. Because they don't care. Vince McMahon thinks he... I mean, Vince McMahon is really a good idea, in my opinion, the landscape of like the world, maybe America, is the truth can hit you right in front of the face... But you're just so convinced you have this old ideas and this old mentality. And you're so convinced, well, I know better than these guys. And you're so convinced that over time you can just make them feel you want to feel. And instead of saying, I was wrong, when you're the owner of the company, you said, I ain't losing money. So I'm just going to keep doing it. I think, I think a lot of the, the, you know, because I think it is true that the, the people who are so vocal about disliking Roman Reigns. Most vocal. I think they are primarily going to be male, 18 to 49. They're going to fit into that demographic. Um, they're going to buy his shirt because they hate him? I, I think they, they're not necessarily going to buy his shirt. Uh, but but I, think they, I think you have a big overlap where a lot of your most passionate fans are also fans who they feel internally, I think, like there's something about Roman Reigns and actually him as a person that they don't like or they wouldn't like, that they would not like that guy. You think people dislike the guy himself, not the guy, the guy acting as Roman Reigns? I think a lot of people have that perception. No. I think he seems of... sweet. He seems like a cool dude. He seems awesome. He's always doing that little, uh, that surfs up motion. He, I promise you the man smoked the weed, too. I'm pretty sure he got in trouble for it. He seems awesome. What? What well, has he ever done? If he, that's, that's, again, it gets back into that whole idea that if he is that type of a guy that fans actually could really like and get behind in real life, why don't we get to see that when you're trying to make someone the fans will cheer for? Because Vince can't just, this is the pipe bomb. Vince should be a billionaire. But he's not because he'd rather make a million dollars with his own idea than a billion dollars with everyone else's. Because if you just let him be him and do it that way, well, Vince can't say, look what I did. And that's all Vince has left. He has all the money in the world. He has this monopoly of a company. The only thing the man has left is ego and pride. And he has gambled it all in on Roman Reigns. So, so... <clears throat> Regardless of whether Roman Reigns comes back from Saudi Arabia with the Universal Championship or not, he's getting booed out the building. 
it's probably not going to change fan reactions to Roman Reigns all that much that he fought Brock Lesnar once again in a steel cage. And it doesn't feel, going into it, for me, like there's anything that special about this event. There's nothing. It doesn't feel like there's... This is the pivotal moment in Roman Reigns' life where he finally has to summon up whatever he's got inside that babyface heart of his, reach out to the fans, say, guys, I need you to cheer and support me so that I can get up. I can get up off this mat one more time, hit one more Superman punch, one one more spear, and win this belt. I don't think... He, I don't think his character on television is making me believe that, and I don't expect that I'm going to see it. No, he won't. So, so regardless of whether in a couple weeks' time we're talking about the champion Roman Reigns or the Roman Reigns that lost yet again, what should happen with Roman Reigns' character? Is this guy better served by... Turning on the audience and becoming that authority, uh, you know, if you can't beat him, join him. You know, if if Brock got to be world champion, universal champion by being Vince's boy, maybe I should be Vince's boy. No, he's got to lose his mind. He's got to act a little crazy. One of two ways. He needs, we need Bray Wyatt. God, I can't believe I said that name. We need Bray Wyatt to show the mental fortitude as a severely powerful mental dominator by breaking out of Broken Matt Hardy's whatever, because we can't have a joke attached to it. I would say Broken Matt Hardy's the whole Roman, but we can't have a joke attached to it, kind of like the Usos in New Day earlier. Maybe Bo Dallas could do a little work with No. (laughs) No. We need Bray Wyatt to break free and be a mean, hardcore guy. We need him to brainwash Roman into just a killing machine. He needs to be a monster. Because people don't want to like him because every, I don't want to say was jealous of him and stuff, but like no one wants to like this dude that has a voice loud enough to be heard on TV, literally and figuratively. Kids like him, all right? And grown men are out yelling these kids seven beers deep. But you can't do anything with current Roman because no matter what, people have their mind made up and there's no change in it. So you have to change this dude and he has to go psycho like broken Matt Hardy and he just needs to say, you know what? I don't care anymore. You got the fans failed me. The people backstage failed me. Every single person has failed me, except for my boy Dean Ambrose. All right, when he comes back, and I'm done. You guys have known that when I have the chance, I smash everybody. And now I'm going to do the same thing, except for I'm not going to care about you. That's why I thought they would do, but Undertaker does mm-hmm. me good match. Hit him in the dick. See Undertaker. I'll do what I got to take to win. So interestingly, I, I would here's a here's something I would ask too because Brock Lesnar mm-hmm. uh, is is probably although it's it's certainly tapered off quite a bit, but in this most recent run as Universal Champion, uh, I'd say Brock has been the hottest of his career in quite a long time. Like match quality, or just I mean, like, I just think in terms of fan reaction and excitement, I think he he's got that over to him. He does. He has an aura. And I think, so part of the way that you built that aura, they were able to recreate with Bill Goldberg. Mm-hmm. They brought Goldberg back in at 50 years old, by the way, and they said, the story we're going to tell 
is that you are a destruction machine mm -hmm. so much to the extent that you can even if circumstances favor you you can destroy Brock Lesnar yeah. we're going to tell the story ultimately at Wrestlemania that you and Brock Lesnar are both destroying machines and you're so fierce like you're both monsters in, in, no, in no situation is this going to be a 20 minute match no Somebody's going to get an advantage and is going to destroy the other because that's what they do. Yeah, and that's uh, the advantage came when he jumped over him. Has baby has babyface Roman Reigns been way too competitive? Has he has he taken way too much abuse to to get over with the fans? Should he have been more dominant? No, because he was too dominant. Well, his his problem is like the thing we love and hate is. LOL, Roman wins at this point. He gets beat up. He comes back. He wins. Same thing with Cena. So. If you fall into that trap, he gets beat up too much and he wins, or he just smashes everyone. He'd essentially be a Braun Strowman type. Let's talk about now, which I think might have worked, but I think everything that's happened, we can only talk about what we should have done back in the day. Can't talk about what to do now because there's no fixing it. What's done is done, and you can't. You can't. I don't. I don't see a way that people ever cheer this man. That that makes sense because even if like you can't do bad enough stuff. Like, what kind of heel could you ever have that you would cheer over Roman? They tried everything. They tried Triple H. Didn't matter. Tried Brock. Didn't matter. They tried... The League of Nations. The League of Nations. He'd squash them in two minutes. That's just nothing really makes sense anymore. And that, I mean, that's the problem with the man. So you can't, you can't get him over as a babyface without some type of dramatic change. Huge change. You would need somebody... You would need Kenny Omega... And Okada to come in the same day, beat up the entire roster to present themselves like WWE is the super inferior product. And they should say that on Monday Night Raw. And they should play the clip of Okada and Omega destroying everybody. I'm talking about everybody. Seth, even the top tier people just below Roman and Brock. And then everyone is like, wow. These guys just dog running it raw on that TV like the takeover, like the Young Buck had. And then they're talking all this shit, and then Roman says, there's one dude left he ain't beat. Because this is my yard. And he ain't coming in my house without me loading up this Superman punch for you. See, I think I think if and I'm watching that episode of Monday Night Raw, the Okada and Omega showing up and trashing everybody absolutely just shocks and awes me. And then Roman Reigns comes out and says, but you haven't beat the big dog. And I'll just, I'll be shaking my head. Well, and no. The only head. reason it's happening is because when they beat up everybody, I'm sure they beat up the dude you actually cared about. So maybe Roman can serve as a vigilante towards the guy. Like my boy Dolph Ziggler definitely got beat up in that. See, I think the problem, I think the problem there is that you have, you have too much of a likelihood that all of a sudden, by virtue of the fact too, that they're making their debut... Omega and Okada wind up as the baby faces in this scenario, and in the culminating match, Reigns is still the heel. Well, so, if that happens, it's impossible. So, what? Where do you think? Where do you think ultimately this character should end up? Should he be a heel? Yes. Should he be a face? No. Face. Should he be a champion? He should be what Brock Lesnar is. That simple. It needs to be when Roman Reigns... My biggest problem with Roman Reigns is I'm, I, I like his work. Always have. My real issue, not with Joe, but Roman Reigns' character, is something he has done wrong. Usually I blame the bookers. Usually I blame Vince's creative team. But what Roman has done wrong 
is it never feels like it would be a big deal if you beat him. That's the biggest problem with Roman. Like, it doesn't seem... It's, it's what you were saying a little bit ago. Like, has he taken too much punishment? It doesn't seem like if someone beat him, that would catapult the person that beat him to a higher level. It's more like he would just join him where they're at. So, that's the only problem I have with actual Roman Reigns. So, he needs to be what Brock Lesnar was, and it needs to be something like, if he shows up, it's because he's going to win. And he's going to dominate. I think the difficulty uh, with getting to that is that when Brock Lesnar came back this time, uh, he lost to John Cena and he lost to Triple H, partly because it felt like WWE had to show that he was willing to take losses Man, and, and make sure... Yeah, like you're going to lose some high-profile matches. Once he lost those matches against Cena and Triple H, mm. it was originally supposed to be a match against Daniel Bryan. Yeah, they changed it. It wound up being against John Cena in a rematch in which he just absolutely destroyed, match, yeah. destroyed Cena. That's Suplex City. That's when it started. That's when Suplex City started. And, Suplex uh, City, bitch. And, and it really... Brock Lesnar hasn't changed as far as his style of working since then. Because it works. It works. I think the problem is... Brock had about a year, roughly a year, maybe a little bit less, but it wasn't that long uh -huh. between coming back to the company and becoming the Beast. Uh -huh. um, and he's been the Beast sure. since then. Roman Reigns has had reinventions, reformations of the Shield. Um, they cheered for him when he was back in the Shield. They booed him and cheered the Shield. Exactly. So he's part of the Shield. When he's part of the shield, as long as he doesn't talk, he's okay. Yeah, which means, but that means there is a world that they're okay with him. It's just putting him in the right one. But I, I mean, I don't think they can. So it is what it is. So you don't think there's a you don't think there's the long babyface championship reign for Roman Reigns in the near future? I don't think there is an opponent that could tell that story. I don't think I don't think it's not that he would be capable of it. I think there isn't anybody like Lincoln Lassie. The only way he could ever be a baby that I believe if the two biggest people in the world that aren't in WWE came back and beat up the whole roster. And he was the guy that beat them to do it. I think that's the only way. That's not going to happen. So I don't think there's a way to make it happen. Not because of him, because there's not an opponent. Maybe that Lars Sullivan guy. Make him come up and just kill everybody I think, forever. I think, too, a part, of the, a part of what's missing for his character and for his journey yeah. Is that the focus is entirely on this guy can win by just being this awesome physical force? That's essentially what he he is and what his character is. You know, your your babyface champions typically had something going for them uh, as far as you know, inhuman seeming strength. Cesaro. Or or unbelievable technical ability, guy yeah. like Bret Hart. Yeah. You know, usually your long-term babyface champions have something in their arsenal that is a combination of traits and and uh, things that they bring to the match and bring to the table yeah. that convince you, like... If the playing field is level yeah. and, and nobody's allowed to get with, away with anything too much, 
this guy has every chance in the world of successfully winning this match and defending his championship. Roman has that. Well, right now he does. What he has is is that same aspect of, you know, what has replaced that type of character definition in, in I'd say, the last uh, 15 or 16 years. Yeah. It's more important to be able to kick out of finishers... <laughs> than it is to be able to put on a believable match that gives you the desired outcome. And and I think a part of Roman Reigns' problem is if his gimmick, when it comes to how tough he is and how much of a big dog he is and how it's his yard, it's so he's got the Superman punch and the spear as effective offensive weapons. And he has the drive-by. And the drive-by. And he has the Samoan drop. And the Samoan drop. We're almost up to five moves of doom. We're almost there. I don't think we can make it, but I think we stop at four. Okay, so... He has that slap. Yeah, he has a good slap, man. He, he pulls that boy back. Okay. He, uh, is, that, is that a move, though? We'll say four and a half moves. Four and a half moves. <laughs> um, so, but his... What he brings is not that he's the best there is, the best there was, or the best there ever will be. What he brings is not that he trains, says his prayers, eats his vitamins, believes in himself. He doesn't, he doesn't escape a submission move because the fans are calling on him to make his way to the ropes and get out of it. He just kicks out of F5s, and he kicks out of Tombstone. Because he's a monster that can't be stopped. He's a heel, man. I think the man's a heel. I think, you know what I want to see? Tell me this possible, because I watch Ric Flair. Right, but Ric Flair, you told me Ric Flair's the man because most of the time he can compete. If it starts looking bad, he's not afraid to... Do what he's got to do to keep the kids a W. But the tough part is that there have certainly been monster heels in in wrestling before. And generally speaking, I'm thinking back to somebody like Vader. Uh, when, when Vader was at the height of his world championship run in WCW. Um, the way that you, generally speaking, ultimately could put the belt back on a babyface champion mm-hmm. was to show... That if you can survive the initial onslaught yeah. and take the take the beating of your life and somehow still keep fighting, if you can find that one Achilles heel, the one chink in the armor, the one weakness of the the monster heel, mm-hmm. he's usually not going to kick out of four or five F5s. Usually if you can get to that point where you can, you well, can exactly. apply the figure four... Vader will tap out to the figure four. That's what but I'm saying. I don't the see... monster heel. This needs to be the heel of ever. Well, I ever. so I think if you if you put the belt on Roman in Saudi Arabia and he cheats and just nobody is ever allowed to take the belt off of him ever again, he literally grabs the a post. They made a custom ring that has like a think Punjabi prison. And he rips the bar off of one of them. Long pipe, think of that. And he proceeds to put it on Brock Lesnar's neck and pulls it back until Brock Lesnar just goes to bed. And then he stands up and beats him with it. Takes the belt, beats him with it again, and then leaves. And then halfway up the ramp, while they're probably cheering for him, because them folks are a little different, grabs the mic and he says, you know what? What I realized when I was going to have five for the fourth time, if you can't beat him, join him. I'm here for this. Look what I got. 
So, who's next? Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. It doesn't matter. Because no matter if I rely on you guys, you dog me. If I rely on the authority, they dog me. No matter what, I'm getting dogged. So if it's one of them situations that, what's the phrase for it? Uh, damned if you do, damned if you don't. If I'm going to be damned if I do, damned if I don't, I might as well be damned with the damn championship belt. And, uh, and you know, sadly, Bruno San Martino has passed away. I think Roman should absolutely declare he's going to break Bruno San Martino's record oh, for longest longest championship reign. Right on right on Twitter right now. Absolutely. Just See, say that flat would... out, San Martino is going to be three years behind my record for right. how long I hold the belt. Or just something like mean, like... I'm very sad about Bruno San Martino passing. He won't see the day I beat his record. <laughs> there you go. That's brutal. Absolutely. He's terrible. I can't believe it. So, uh, well, um, what do you think, Corey? We had uh, okay. we had one more thing we were thinking about talking about this week. Well, we're going to have to move that to the, probably the next week. All we're going right. to have to move that to later. Should we go ahead and give him a sneak preview and let him know what the next week's episode is going to be about? First of all, let me tell you a quick spoiler. It's about my boy. Future reference, my boy is the one and only Dolph Ziggler. Here to show the world. I'm here, here to show, show the world. world. Ah, high notes for days. In any case, what the program is about. You know what? Charles, tell them what it's about. Tell them what we're doing. Every uh, week. Next week on Close to the Mark... Uh, it's the resurrection of Dolph Ziggler, where we book uh, in our world, in our imaginary, in our imaginary scenario, um, how we take Dolph Ziggler from the bottom of the dumpster where he is right now and put him back on top as world champion. As world champion, and what we also want is uh, during the week send in send in the wrestler you want to do with and your own contribution as well. The one, we're going to pick one, we're going to read that one off too for everybody. So, if, if you can't get a W on Monday Night Raw or SmackDown, you can get a W on Close to the Mark. We'll read it off. We'll even pretend it's real. Absolutely. Best, best, best scenario definitely is going to get included. Definitely. We'll have a couple of scenarios that we'll come up with. Um, we're going to do our utmost to make sure that we're actually, uh, you know, thinking about what we would be able to do in terms of, of reinventing yeah. uh and, and resurrecting Dolph Ziggler. We um, might make a show separately just for this. Absolutely. Yeah, and, uh, cool. and uh, you know, it can, uh, just so you know, uh, guys, whatever scenario uh, works for you, works for you. Um, I would just suggest, you know, if you want to include uh, Drew McIntyre in the story, since that's now part of real life scenarios. It's got to be based on today. Absolutely. You have to take account everything that's happened today. So you also don't you also don't want to book like AJ Lee returning with CM Punk to take the world title and AJ betraying her husband to realign with Dolph Ziggler and Biggie Langston who form a new trio again to take the belt off CM Punk. Well, you could like, do that. You could do that, but, but it that's probably not won't going get to happen. Because yeah, yeah, so. it probably won't get ready. You could. And I'll enjoy reading it. Not gonna read it to everybody. Yeah, I mean that'll go into Corey's personal private stash, and he'll hang on to it to read for many years later. But uh, yeah, do something, boy. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but hey, it's been a lot of fun. It's been it's been it's forty seven minutes ten seconds. That's I mean uh, it's cool fun. Yeah, this is awesome. All right, this well, is awesome. We'll uh, we'll be back again next week. I'm Charles. Corey here. We're close to the mark. We'll see you again next week. Have a good one. <laughs>